what it's like to coach the great eight. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. And when you enter promo code locked on NHL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, it is a fan day Friday. It's a new thing that I'm doing here on Locked On Capitals through the summer months. So if you are a fan of the Capitals and you're a fan of this show, message me on Twitter at DanCaps218 or at Locked On Caps, and you will be featured in a segment on this show just like Gil will be a little bit later in the show. And then we'll talk about Anthony Mantha. Despite the fact that he had a rough season, there are some teams that are kind of kicking the tires or looking into Anthony Mantha and what kind of player he's going to be. But just to get it going here, we'll talk about Peter Laviolette. And he kind of opened up on a recent podcast about what it's like to, to get to know Alex Ovechkin, what kind of player is he, what it was like to coach him. Um, you know, uh, an, an interesting situation for Peter Laviolette. And kind of one of the things I want to remember him as is, you know, overall a good coach, I think, but just never really got a lucky break with the Caps. There was COVID, there was a myriad of injuries, and now he's kind of opening up about what it was like to coach what will one day be one of the greatest, if not the greatest hockey players, at least the greatest goal scorers of all time. A unique perspective from a guy that got to coach him uh, on a recent appearance on the Cam and Str- in the Cam and Strick podcast with former NHL player Cam Jansen and NHL insider Andy Strickland. Lavulette had nothing but praise for his former captain. In three years, never once was it about Ovi scoring goals, Lavulette said, refuting a question regarding Ovechkin's chasing Wayne Gretzky's all-time goal record. He's not like that. And uh, if you are a, a true fan of the Capitals and you paid attention to him the entire season, one of the things that he mentioned right as the season was starting is he said, of course, I would like to pass Wayne Gretzky at some point. But what's even more important for me is to win some more cups with the Capitals. He has three years left on his deal with the Caps. He would love nothing more than to win at least one more cup with this team. And that's of utmost importance. Personal goals are important, like he said one time, but team goals are more important. Does he want to score goals? He does, and I'm glad he does, but it was never like that. Laviolette, who compiled a 115, 78, and 27 regular season record and a postseason mark of 3 and 8, says working with Ovechkin will be a highlight of his career. This piece was in Nova Caps. And, you know, if you start talking about personal uh, things that you've accomplished, you know, he's had some accomplishments with Carolina, um, and he's just been an overall successful coach. Uh, the fact that he, 
takes a look at his time as a head coach with uh, Alex Ovechkin is, I'm sure, something that he will look back on fondly for the rest of his life, to be honest with you. This was my first time getting a chance to know Ovi. I knew him before, but I think when you work with someone, you really get to know them. I have so much respect for him as a person, as a player, for the way he plays the game. And uh, I think one of the things about Ovi that's most uh, endearing to the fan base is he gives 100% every time he laces up the skates. He is going to be revered, like I said, as one of the greatest hockey players of all time. But he doesn't get hung up on that. He still goes out and goes about and does his work. He has a strict workout regimen that he does in the summertime. He he sees that, you know, father time is undefeated and he has to keep working harder and harder. And we see him being able to do that. To be able to do that over the longevity of his career, he's a good person. I loved working with him. I had lots of great times with him. I was able to coach him. He's just a really good person, Laviolette said. And, you know, that's one of the things that I think that sometimes when you see him, you perceive him as probably being, you know, maybe a guy that's full of himself, but it's never really that case. You see him actively sometimes involved with community events and photo ops, that kind of thing. So even though he is one of the greatest of all time, he still is not too big uh, to be past the moment. He's like Muhammad Ali. He's like Tom Brady. He's like Babe Ruth when he's done. He's going to, I think he, if he stays healthy, he is going to break a record. Nobody thought could be broken or would be broken. And you wouldn't know it if you talk to him. And, you know, I've seen various interviews with him. And he doesn't, you know, he won't bring it up unless you bring it up in an interview. He won't bring it up the fact that, you know, he is closing in on Wayne Gretzky. Of course, you know, in the back of his mind, he's got to be thinking to himself, this is kind of crazy. I know I'm good, but I didn't know I was that good. Um, and I don't think that, you know, just kind of, I don't know Ovi personally, of course, but just all the, you know, the um, videos and everything I've read about him is he is not um, super caught up in personal goals. He's about the big goals. And uh, you got to think to a certain extent, if you are a guy of his caliber playing as great as he's playing, it would be really easy to be kind of, you know, full of yourself. While Ovechkin missed time during the 22-23 season, Laviolette described his health as good, and he heaped praise on the 37-year-old's work ethic to stay in the lineup because of the way he plays the game, the way he skates, the way he hits. It takes a toll on your body. He does everything he can possibly do to be in the lineup every night. He practices on percentage. He practices 90% of the time, 95% of the time. There's a day when he's played three games in four nights. He was physical, he says. I need a minute for this to let up, but it's, it's not, he goes to work out and he practices hard. It was an awesome thing to witness. Uh, that was in the Nova caps there. So just an interesting piece there, kind of Peter Laviolette reflecting on his time, you know, with the capitals for one, but you know, being the head coach uh, of Alex Ovechkin in particular, and what a great thing that he will ever be able to remember that he was a head coach and had at least part to do with Alex Ovechkin's success as he was his head coach uh, here with the Caps. All right, so coming up here, we're going to talk about Anthony Mantha. And despite the fact that he didn't have the year that he was looking for, there still are some teams that are kicking the tires on him and the same goes for Kuznetsov. What does that mean for the Capitals? I'll talk about that when Locked on Capitals continues. 
Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And even if you're not into watching all the sports that are big out there like the NBA playoffs, if you have a little bit of money on the game, it makes watching the games that much more exciting. There's no better place and no better place to bet playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals on your podcatcher of choice and on YouTube as I have a lot of great guests lined up for you this summer. I've also got you guys covered when it comes to free agency and the trade deadline So or free agency, so follow Locked On Capitals today. All right, in this next segment here, we're going to talk about Anthony Mantha and how he didn't you know, really have the season that he was looking for. And it's been spoke of that he most likely played his last season with the Capitals and that no one's really going to want him and there's no real value with him. Um, He has one year left on his deal, so the Capitals do have control of his contract. What does it mean? And why would teams ultimately be interested in Mantha if he is not the player uh, that everyone perceived him to be. Per the Daily Faceoffs, Frank Saravalli, Mantha's name is starting to come up in trade talks. I'm told that Anthony Mantha's name has popped up in a few different con- conversations, Saravalli continued. He also added the team is open to trading Evgeny Kuznetsov, and now it appears Mantha is also on that list. However, his hefty price tag of $5.7 million and inconsistency does lower his value. More to the point, I wouldn't be shocked if, depending on how aggressive they are and really trying to prove him, that someone might actually have to pay, Saravalli said. Mantha came to D.C. as a member in 21, and I got to think that this has to be revered as one of uh, Brian McClellan's blunders that he made, all things considered. Uh, the Caps, as we know, traded Jacob Verona and Richard Ponick and draft picks. In return, they get Anthony Mantha, who on paper, I understand what they were looking for, but he has never lived up to potential. It was a blockbuster that was supposed to give Washington a big top six winger who can make an impact on a nightly basis. However, things haven't gone according to plan. And one of the things I remember that was being spoke of when they were going after him or, you know, after he came to this team, after he signed, was that they thought they were getting a big player, you know, a big uh, winger that was going to help fill a role, kind of a physical role and a good goal scorer. And uh, he's been plagued with injuries. He's also just not the kind of guy that you think he's going to be. He's not that tough guy out there as much as I think the Caps kind of wanted wanted to mold him into that. The 20-year-old suffered a major shoulder injury early in the 21-22 campaign, keeping him out of a majority of the season. Then despite being fully healthy this season, Mantha wasn't able to find his game or produce. He had just 11 goals and 16 assists for 27 points and 67 appearances. He also saw his ice time dwindle and spent quite a few games as a healthy scratch. Um, you know, kind of my heart goes out to him because, you know, and after the post game or excuse me, the postseason breakdown day, 
they were talking about Anthony Mantha and he said that it was so difficult on him, you know, his inconsistency and his struggles that he had to hire a mental coach uh, because of just the scrutiny and that he started to overthink things like he was gripping the stick that much higher, tighter. And, uh, you know, he was just kind of blowing opportunities that typically he would have made and uh, just the scrutiny of the press and everything like that kind of got to him. So, you know, my hat goes off to him still for just, you know, uh, uh, being conscious of what was ha happening to himself and, you know, uh, mature enough, honestly, to hire a mental coach like that, knew, knowing that he was kind of in over his head. I just had to blame myself, Mantha said, despite the hardships, Mantha believes he still has a lot left to prove and wants to show the Capitals he can do that. I want to come back here next year and prove to everyone, including myself, that they came and got me for a reason. And that's exactly my mental state of mind for next year, Mantha added. Uh, this piece was in the Hockey News. So again, you know, it's easy to take a look at him and say, you know, Anthony Mantha was this horrible player and why did they sign him and they should have never signed him. And it's it's tough on a guy. And I know that it's not about his feelings. It's about production. Listen, the Caps are in the winning hockey game business regardless of who's in the lineup. So if, you know, Anthony Mantha doesn't pan out, it's kind of my belief if they could find a trade partner uh, then, of course, uh, they would trade him. It kind of reminds me of the whole Craig Smith thing. That's how the Capitals ended up getting Craig Smith from the Bruins was that, um, you know, they wanted to trade Garnet Hathaway and Dmitry Orloff to the Bruins. And in return, the Caps wanted to get uh, some draft capital or potentially some players. And they said, well, the guy we got in mind for you is Craig Smith. And how do I know that? Because the Bruins were actively shopping him before that whole thing took place. So I think the Capitals could take a page from that and do a similar thing. And, you know, if you're, we're going to, you know, get this guy, then you're going to have to take Anthony Mantha's contract with you. The thing that will just bug me to no end is if he does go on to a potential next team and just totally destroy it and just be one heck of a player that, you know, he wasn't in, in Washington. That kind of thing happens, you know, if you want to take a look at uh, Stevenson, if you want to take a look at the, you know, many goaltenders that have left uh, the Capitals organization to go on and subsequently play a, a lot better than they did with the Capitals. But at the end of the day, you have really no control over that. That's just the way it is. All right. So coming up after the break, a new thing I'm doing here during the summer months is it's Caps Fan Day Friday. And I have Gil on the show and he will be coming up after the break as we talk just about you know, a wide range of questions about the Capitals, kind of rapid fire. Where does a Caps fan stand on certain issues with the Caps? We'll talk to him coming up. Our next partner is a, a brand that I'm a bit new to, but now that I know them, I love them because why they're comfortable. And I'm talking about bird dogs here. They make shorts and pants and they are supreme in comfort. Listen, women oftentimes wear clothes because they're comfortable. Men oftentimes just wear jeans or khakis or whatever's around. They don't really care. And they look fashionable. They're not like those old style cargo shorts. So just because you're a guy doesn't mean you can't look fashionable. I think I look better and I feel great wearing bird dogs. They're their stretchy fabric just kind of makes me look better. They give me the freedom to wear one pair of shorts to the golf course, to meeting friends, to going to movies, wherever. They're very versatile. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. And when you enter promo code locked on NHL, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. 
All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this next segment here, we are going to talk to Gil for a new Caps Fan Day Friday next. All right, it's a Fan Day Friday here on Locked On Capitals, and not just a fan of the Capitals, but he also has his own podcast, a Power Play Point podcast. Gil, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it and um, uh, love uh, love what you do uh, with Locked On. So uh, uh, thrilled to be on. It's great to have you on. So let's just get right to it. We know that this team didn't get the result that they were looking for this last year. Uh, Brian McClellan said he is going to do his best to address the top six. How crazy and how aggressive should Brian McClellan get this summer? Well, that depends on... Okay. Well, speaking as me as a fan, I'm I'm willing to be a bit patient, and that comes with the luxury of well, even though it's been five years, recently winning a cup. Um, I can't speak for fans that are not as patient, but if you're willing to be patient, then maybe not too aggressive. If you're in the crowd that says, okay, well, we not only have to qualify for the playoffs, we have to start contending now, which there's a legit argument for that because uh, Mr. Ovechkin is maybe two, three years away from retirement. So uh, there is a there is a legit argument for that. But me, I'm willing to be patient. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they do get a little aggressive and go after someone in free agency. Uh, free agency, that's, that is an interesting thing in who they pursue or trades out there. There are some intriguing names out there. I hear Shifley out there. I hear Brock Besser and Debrinkit. Are there any big names out there that you think the Capitals should pursue? I'm not too thrilled with this year's crop of uh, free agents, to be completely honest, especially the names you just mentioned were from Winnipeg, and they had a complete meltdown in the playoffs, and their own coach called them out. So I don't know if I want somebody like that on on this team when you need somebody that's going to be playoff caliber that, well, doesn't show up for the playoffs. Um, Some of the big names that... uh, are going to raise some eyebrows, I think, are uh, Ryan O'Reilly and and Matt Dumba and uh, and maybe even Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, out of those three, I would say, again, if you're looking for somebody that maybe won't put up the big numbers, but provides that spark you need to lift the team. Out of those three, I would say Ryan O'Reilly is is someone who would add instant chemistry. And I think in a sense, this that's what the Caps have been lacking the last couple of seasons is is that chemistry. Yeah, that is for sure. And they're hoping to jumpstart. And I want them to be competitive next season. I don't want you know them to be good a handful of years from now. I want them to be competitive next year. So Kuznetsov, keep them or ship them out? Well, I happen to be wearing his jersey right now. So I kind of hope he does stay. But uh, if if a deal can be had where he brings a lot of return, uh, say a high draft pick, uh, quality top six forward, uh, or both, uh, something along those lines, maybe a quality defenseman, uh, given the recent news uh, today with uh, Rasmus Sandin, um, you got to make the deal. I, I love Kuzi. I always will. Uh, he's the goal scorer that slayed the Penguins in round two in 2018, but sooner or later, you have to find a way to improve the team. And 
unfortunately, he just haven't hasn't been giving us the return for his salary lately. Do you think a new head coach could uh, get more out of him, reinvigorate him? That is a very good question. I do think uh, that is very possible. It depends on um, who is hired. and that, That's probably the key component this offseason. I don't think they can go forward with player personnel until they know who's going to be running the bench. So to answer your question, yes, a, a coach that knows how to push his buttons will Yes, definitely reinvigorate him and maybe rejuvenate his career with the Caps. But if they go old school again, like they did recently, I I just don't see that happening. So it's it's going to be very dependent on who they go after as far as the head coach this season. Did Anthony Mantha play his last season in Washington? Oh, I I can't I can't say I can't say that he well. I can't say that he hasn't. Let's put it that way. And that's being polite. Um, it's going to be a really hard sell to bring him back. Um, if they cannot find a taker for his contract, then they're going to have to buy him out. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of old school. I remember the days of the 80s when there was a guy named Larry Murphy on this team. And DC pretty much booed him out of town. He was he was that bad at times. And Mantha, unfortunately, has approached that level. So again, going to be a hard sell in keeping him. Uh, He's not a Kuznetsov type of skill level where a a new coach will reinvigorate him. I think, unfortunately, I hate to cast aspersions, but there might be some mental issues going on with him. That's not saying there's a that's a bad thing you know a lot of people face that but I think that's something he needs to address off the ice before even considering going back to hockey so to answer your question yes he's played his last game as a Washington Capitol who would be your three untouchables on this team I listed Tom Wilson Alex Ovechkin and John Carlson so what I want you to look at it is three players that they must hold on to and the rest are they should be willing to listen to offers on um, I'm hating myself for, for this, but I'm going to have to agree with those three. The one I would disagree with is John Carlson. And unfortunately it's because I think he can still be a liability. Yes. I did see for my own eyes that he drives the offense without him. Uh, they were doomed to miss the playoffs. Uh, no question about that. No question. He's a key component, but I still think, unfortunately, he's going to be a liability on defense. You cannot ask him after that injury to play 25, 30-plus minutes a game too much. I would feel more comfortable, if they are going to keep him, to let him stay on the number one power play unit, maybe play middle six minutes. Um, But other than that, yes, I would agree with those three as the core untouchables for this moment. Do Nick Backstrom and TJ Oshie still have a spot on this team, or should they try to trade them while they still maintain some value? I mean, let's face it, their value has already been diminished. Nick Backstrom had a hip resurfacing procedure done. TJ Oshie is always prone to being bit by the injury bug. I know that a lot of people want to hold on to these players that, you know, have, you know, warm, sentimental attachments to them, but ultimately this team is getting older. Would they be best to move on from Oshi or Backstrom while they still have some value? Well, unfortunately, given their recent statuses, I don't think they really have much value. And again, it kills me to say that 
uh, given you know what they've done for this team, but you know, they they both did not turn in exactly uh, a great season last year, and I'm not seeing anything that is telling me that 2024 is going to be much different. Um, that said, I, I guess whatever return you could get for them, uh, Brian McClellan, you know, would be best to listen to whatever offers there are, if any. Um, right now, yes, they still have a place, but it wouldn't be surprising to me come the deadline next March if some team feels that either one of them could be helpful. Maybe they're shop then, uh, a la Lars Eller this year and Dmitry Orlov. Um, that's probably the scenario that's going to play out. So when Alex Ovechkin finally hangs up the skates, who do you think would be another great next captain of this Capitals team? Well, there the consensus is Tom Wilson, and I don't see why that shouldn't play out. Um, he has not only proven his worth uh, on on the ice as far as the score sheet, uh, but also the intangibles. He's definitely shown he has leadership qualities and skills. Uh, so I don't see I don't really see anyone else. Know, fitting that bill as far as you know, being the next leader going into the next several years with, with this team. I, I can't really name anyone off the top of my head. Garnet Hathaway, maybe, had he stayed, but uh, they dealt him, and I, I don't see him coming back in any sort of a deal. So uh, you have to have that someone that sets the example both on and off the ice, and Wilson definitely fits that bill. Let's talk about the next head coach of the Capitals. As we know, Peter Laviolette uh, parted ways with the Capitals. Uh, they say it was mutually uh, apart, I guess, if that's what uh, you want to believe. But uh, taking a look at the next head coach, they said one of the Achilles heels of Peter Laviolette is he didn't like to work with the young players. Uh, he then went on to say, maybe you didn't see what I did in Nashville. I had a lot of young players. I just didn't like the young players that I had on the Capitals. Uh, so I think it would be of paramount importance that the next head coach has the ability to work with the young players. Do you think Spencer Carberry would be that guy based on his history with Hershey or who is the front runner for you for the next head coach of this team? In my mind, it is definitely Spencer Carberry. He is the ideal candidate. He worked with the, uh, well, some of the players that are now regulars or semi-regulars on the main roster. And he has a, he has a, a direct line to, the, the roster that's in Hershey now. So uh, he is the ideal candidate. I like the idea, and notice I'm saying the idea of Jeff Halpern, but if everyone knows their recent history, uh, we also had a coach that never was a head coach beforehand, and that didn't work out so well. And that's the one thing I don't like about Halpern. So I would like his resume a bit more if he decided to take a year or two and be a head coach somewhere else. Um, so those are probably the top two candidates, but definitely Spencer Carberry. In my mind, he's got an eye for the, the way the game is played now, and he knows most of the younger uh, names on the roster. And he, I'm, I'm pretty confident he could also get a good beat on the veterans as well, which is going to be key. I think the the next head coach is going to be key to their success and hopefully to get them into the playoffs. I know it seems like kind of a, a lofty goal, but I do think that it is possible. Gil, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Why don't you tell everyone where we can find you online? 
Absolutely. So uh, we're the Power Play Point podcast. Uh, we're pretty much done for the season, but uh, we're going to have a draft day special the weekend after the draft is held to analyze the Caps draft picks and maybe something on free agent day. And after that, we'll uh, start the, the season, of course. Uh, we're on just about every podcast distributor there is uh, online and and uh, and um, through apps, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, Podbean is our distributor, Spotify, you can find us there. Uh, you name it, we're, we're on there. We usually record every Sundays. We're fan-based. Uh, our motto is that we make the Caps fan the star. So if you have an opinion about the Caps and you want to talk about the Caps, we have an open door. Uh, you want to talk to us, be on our show. Oh, you're more than welcome. We welcome Caps fans of a variety of backgrounds. doesn't matter if you've been a fan for a day or a decade. We want to hear from you. All right, Gil. I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Locked on Capitals. Thank you, Dan. Pleasure. All right. I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked on Capitals. When you're done listening to this podcast, make sure and head on over to Locked on NHL as they have you covered the entire Stanley Cup playoff push here. And then after that, if you are a fan of DC sports, we've got you covered. We have Locked on Nationals, Locked on Commanders, and Locked on Wizards. So make sure and check that out. Listen, I love talking to you guys on this podcast. I would love to talk to you outside of the podcast. Come join me on subtext. There'll be more information in the show notes. All right. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you guys again on Monday.